Barry Duplissy coming to you from PCA 2022 here at the historic J.C. Newman booth, hitting, uh, hitting and standing on some fantastic news and some fantastic history. We're the man of history, a family so full of history that we're going to take a little spin around history itself in this booth uh, with Mr. Eric Newman of J.C. Newman. Eric, it's so good to see you, sir. Very well. Welcome to our factory. Yes, we're here in the middle of El Rahol in the middle of Las Vegas, Nevada. Last year was our 125th year in business, and our gift to the city was to turn our Tampa factory into a tourist attraction. Tampa is the cigar city. One time they had 150 factories. Unfortunately, we're the last operating factory in Cigar City, so we wanted to show people how special scars were to Tampa. Scars are to Tampa, like Mickey Mouse's to Orlando, like auto bills are to Detroit, like wine is to Napa Valley, it's what made Tampa special from any other city in the country. And we want to open up to the public. I would wish we could take all your viewers, put them in a big plane, take them to Tampa, walk through our factory. We can't do that exactly, so we brought this, our museum here, a traveling museum to show people a little bit about what our history is all about. It's a wonderful history and it's a beautiful booth with all of your history on its walls and it's it's, it's practically oozing out of uh, oozing out of this booth place. It's just fantastic. You know, from humble beginnings of a barn in Ohio, the J.C. Newman family brand went to Tampa and created an American staple for the cigar smoker and a place that a place for all Tampans, Tampa people to be proud of uh, but let's talk a little bit about that history uh, with some fantastic new offerings that you have coming out this year uh, what what's old is new and what's new is old as you were saying um, but the El Baton band has has had a lot of changes over the years and uh, you guys are releasing new packaging on it it looks beautiful looks vibrant uh, but it has a long and storied history with your family El Baton is one of my grandfather's first brands back here you can see a sulfur nickel wasn't as uh, cheap as it used to be. Uh, I mean, by brick house, it was actually two for a nickel. <laughs> but that goes back to the old days, and the brand died out in the 30s. And we started going to Nicaragua in uh, 2004, 2005. We launched uh, El Baton as a fuller flavor cigar. Then we came up with brick house and the Pearl Del Mar, and we kind of uh, let um, El Baton go its merry way. It's our only full-flavored cigar that we make, so we thought, let's bring it back for 2022. We tweaked the uh, blend a little bit, changed the packaging, and most people like kind of like mild to medium cigars, but some people like heavier cigars as well, and we really didn't have any in our portfolio as well, so we brought back a couple of times, and we're uh, launching at the show this year. It looks absolutely gorgeous, vibrant and beautiful, and I'm a huge fan of that cigar. So I'm excited to see uh, it getting a little bit of a facelift. You know, one of you know you mentioned about it being a nickel and uh, the brick house being two for a nickel, but a cigar that is a standout in your portfolio and one of my personal favorites and Ben Lee who's behind the camera is the Diamond Crown which used to be a two cent cigar in its origin. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on and what's different about Diamond Crown this year with the Black Diamond. Two cent. I showed you some what happens in the locker room. We said two cent cigar it was like 1900. Uh, that's when it was probably two cents. We've been partners with the Fuente family since 1986. In 1990, my father gets with Carlos Sr. and says, we have a 100th anniversary coming up in five years, which would have been 1995. 
And Dad told Carlos he wanted to make a very special cigar for 100th anniversary. Think uh, what it cost, how long it took to make, even whether it would sell or not. He wanted to have a, make a cigar that's never been built, never been made before. And back in 1990, the thickest cigar was maybe a 50 or 52 ring the most. Daddy wanted to make a 54 ring cigar, which was unheard of in those days. There was no molds available, but that persisted, knowing that the thicker the cigar, the more leaves you can blend at one time, maintain the continuity of taste. So we worked with Carlos in 1995 for our 100th anniversary, we did launch Diamond Crown. You may be too young to remember, but in the mid-90s was a cigar boom. Yes. Life was great. A lot of new smokers came to the market. But just like you start with uh, uh, your first scotch, your first vodka, after a while you want a stronger scotch, a stronger vodka. So we got the 98, 99, 2000. People want a fuller flavored Diamond Crown. We said, no, no, we want to keep it the way it is. We recognized that people want a stronger flavor. So we came up with Diamond Crown Maximus in 2000, fuller flavored Diamond Crown. Then in honor of my grandfather's 135th birthday, in 2010, came out Diamond Crown Julius Caesar, and out of my grandfather. And 2016, we topped this off with the Diamond Crown Black Diamond, which is also what's old is new, because we took it off the market last year. We fixed up, made the blend a little, uh, little heftier. We've got new packaging, and we're also launching that at the show this year. So we have four Diamond Crowns, but again, what is old is new? Our new uh, Elbow Tone, new Diamond Crown Black Diamond. Some exciting cigars and facelifts to what we already consider and already know to be fantastic cigars. And uh, what again, just as I mentioned at the very beginning, we're sitting here, we're standing here in the middle of El Rahul. You brought the museum here to Las Vegas, and uh, on the outside of El Rahul, it says home of Cuesta Ray cigars. And this year, you are offering a beautiful new addition to the Cuesta Ray family with a cigar called the Angel Cuesta. In conjunction with our factory renovation. Two years ago, my son, Drew, wanted to bring hand cigar making back to Tampa. I said, that's a lousy idea. You don't want to make cigars by hand in Tampa. Labor is eight times what it is in Nicaragua. Dad, I want to do it. Okay, son. I also want to make an all-American-made all cigar. The first cigar brand made in our factory in 1910 was called the American. But it wasn't all-American tobacco. But long before Trump said, make America great again, just I want to make a cigar totally American. American wrapper, American binder, American filler, American boxes, American molds, American bands, American label. That's a lousy idea. Dad, I want to do it. So the wrapper of the American is a uh, Ecuador, is a uh, Florida Sun Grown, the Jeff Borsher, which makes. I think somebody else, Jewish states, get the, the filler for the FSG. This is the actual wrapper. Connecticut binder, Connecticut Broadleaf is the binder. There was no long filler growing in this country anymore, so we got the Mennonites in Pennsylvania to grow long filler for us, and and we we only the rat we only make we only have three rollers on it. They each make 100 cigars a day. We wanted to increase the production of handmade cigars in our factory, so we came out with another brand, Angel Cuesta, Angel Madrid Cuesta, founded Cuesta in 1884. So in honor of him, we're making we got three rollers. They're making the Angel Cuesta cigar. Part of the packaging is ready, part of it's not. We hope to have the cigar in the market by the uh, end of the year. It's another cigar. But unlike the American, which Drew only lets do American stuff, 
Even the boxes for the American, they cost us twenty dollars a piece. They have to get them from Miami. So Drew, we can get them from from uh, Nicaragua. Get them for five dollars a piece. Save all the money. No, Dad, we can't do. It. We have to make a genuine American. At least with the Angel Cuesta, we's Ecuador fantasy wrapper. We have a Cameroon binder and Nicaraguan filler, and we're we're making um, those in Tampa now. And by the end of the year, we'll be introduced launching that cigar as well. Sounds wonderful. And the story continues on and on, and more more generations get out of it. You've mentioned your son Drew several times. I've had the opportunity to meet him and interview him. Uh, he's just a fine addition to the fine addition to the family business and carrying on. And uh, for the second time, you are a grandfather. Congratulations! Just a few weeks ago, he's not here. Uh, he is spending time with family, which is always appreciated. William is on paternity leave. My day, there wasn't paternity leave. Now it's the, the new generation. We have a two-year-old. His two-year-old son, now he has a six-week-old daughter. He said, Dad, I really need to stay home and stay in the home court. So that's where he is. He actually, he's the next generation. I've handed him the baton. I haven't let go of it yet. He keeps pulling at it. But he, we're so, he drew a, a lawyer by trade. He loves the cigar business. When he's five years old, he told me he was Grandpa J.C. reincarnated. J.C. knew when reincarnated. And he knew, he knew what reincarnation meant. But he, was, he always had his passion for the business. And my brother, who's my partner here, is, you know, we're thrilled that we have a fourth generation to pass the business to. I was, you know, telling a story earlier um, to another group. About 10 years ago, maybe less, Drew Estate sold out to Swisher. And when they did that, a week later, President Swisher calls me and says, what have you done about um, succession planning? What is succession planning? Who's gonna take over your business? I never thought about that. I wanna, my 50th year in business, now I wanna be in this business forever. I'm not going to live forever, and I can't put the company in my coffin. So, uh, fortunately, if Drew didn't have the enthusiasm, the interest, and leadership for this business, who would have sold the business? My grandfather started, there are 42,000 licensed cigar manufacturers in 1895. He started, because you have to have a license to make cigars. Well, there was 42,000 licensed cigar manufacturers from 1895, we're the only one left. It's the old operator by the founding family. There's a reason why all family businesses don't go from one generation to a second generation to a third generation. Now we're the fourth generation because they, for a whole bunch of reasons, one of which is the next generation have to have the interest and the passion. Passion comes from within. It can't be taught. Bruce guy has much more passion than I do. So with all these crazy ideas, such crazy ideas for your generation, they're actually working. I, you know, I told Drew, you wait till your mother and I die, Get your inheritance, or you can do it now. You got all these ideas. We bought an old boarding house across the street that really needs a whole bunch of fixing up. It has 10,000 bats. You got to get rid of the bats. You can't get, you can't kill the bats. So we set a back park across the street. We have a lot of roosters in Ebor City. They have the right of away. They run the work. They, they run, run the works, but they get injured. So we have a rooster, a chicken rescue place on our property. We'll start growing tobacco next year on another plot of land we have by our factory. Let's put a tobacco barn. Drew wants to um, start raising bees and using honey to flavor the cigars with natural honey. I said, Drew, we're sick on the cigar business. We make cigars, we sell cigars. But Drew's got this vision of making ourselves a true cigar destination for the country. We have a great factory in Nicaragua. A lot of good factories in Esley, Nicaragua. Just a pain in the butt to get there. You find in Miami. American doesn't even fly to Managua anymore. You come visit our factory, don't need a passport, so we invite you and the rest of your team. 
and all your viewers and listeners. Go to jcnewman.com. You can register for a tour. Uh, most of our tour, you go to a museum, it's all free. If you want a behind-the-scenes tour, behind-the-scenes tour for an hour and a half, we got a tour. It really is like walking back on time. We're making scars on the same machines my grandfather bought in 1930. They're still working. I was talking to a reporter last month from Tampa Bay Times. I said, we got these 1930 machines that we're using. She means, you mean replica machines. These aren't replica machines. These are the actual machines from 1930. There's nothing made in this country today of any product. It's made on the same machines that were made 90 years ago because there's been technology, improvements, modernization. These are amazing machines. And upstairs, we're making scars by hand the same way my grandfather made in the 1890s. There's nothing made the same way today in the United States. It's old. That's done the same way as they were in the 1890s, handmade cigars are. So it's really a special place. We feel it's our obligation, Drew had the feeling, to give back and to show what the Tampa Scar industry at all is about. So we invite you and your viewers and audience to come, come see us. It's absolutely special. Everyone should be come to El Rahol in Tampa, Florida and see the beautiful J.C. Newman establishment. It's continued to grow. Like you said, you mentioned some of the plans that Drew has for it. It's going to only it's only going to get bigger and better from here and continue the legacy that your grandfather started. And it started in just a barn in Ohio. And look at it today. You have, what a beautiful moment and a beautiful moment for you and your family. Thank you so much for sharing your story with Eric, us. Thank you. Come see us. We will. Eric Newman, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you.